every great marriage, there is a rock bottom. A time for choosing where you and your partner must decide if there is a path forward. For some, this moment leads to separation and divorce. But for others, it inspires imagination, finding new solutions to a marriage's many challenges. For our couple today, their rock bottom came one bittersweet night at a Formica yellow table in Durham, North Carolina. What came next? Find out today. I am your host, Trevor White, and this is Marriage Stories. Alrighty, welcome. So this week on Marriage Stories, um, we get blessed by the presence of Jack and Priscilla. Thank you for joining us, Jack and Priscilla. Good to be here. We are delighted to be here. Yeah. So so as we always do here, I, I love to hear you introduce your partner to us. Who, go, who goes first? She goes first. We hadn't decided who was going to start. <laughs> No, we're deciding. She goes first. Ladies first. This is a feminist uh, relationship. So No, I'm telling her. She goes first. <laughs> oh, oh, man. We got a lot to unpack. Yeah. Okay. So I've been thinking about what I want to say about Jack. His full name is John Robert Levison, mm. but he goes by Jack. And I thought about what attracted me to him in the mm. first place. And there were, besides the fact that I thought he was really cute, mm. there were two things that really struck me and have continued. We met in 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been together a long time. The first thing is his brilliant intellect. Mm-hmm. And I I knew that I was smart and generally smarter than the guys that I dated, but not when that came to that. Mm-hmm. And that was that was really intriguing to mm-hmm. me, and that has continued to be something I really um, admire about him. Mm-hmm. The other thing was he was the first Christian that I dated, mm. and um, his dedication to his faith, daily daily quiet time, just how his faith motivated everything he did. Mm-hmm. And again, that continues to uh, to be something that I that I really admire mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. love about him. Yeah. One thing I didn't know about him that I I now this is kind of my mantra about him is that his default is kindness. Mm-hmm. And he is the kindest person I've ever met. And not just towards people he loves or even towards people he knows. But there's an instinct in him when he comes across someone on the street or the other day he was in a coffee shop. We live in Dallas and you were doing, what were you doing? I can't remember why you, you were. civil poor? Yeah, you were waiting for the car to be fixed or something. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he was remember. in the coffee shop and he <clears throat> noticed a young woman there with her suitcase. Mm-hmm kind of looking anxiously around Mm -hmm. and he very kindly, he's not someone to be weird about it, but just said, you know, can I help you with anything? And she said, no, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. And it it was a while later, she was still there. And so on his way out again, he just said, are you sure you're okay? She Mm -hmm. was, you know, said she was, but that that's Jack. Mm -hmm. And what I, Mm -hmm. what I love is that our kids 
mm-hmm. have picked that up as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, particularly our son who also lives in Dallas. So we know more of his day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, he is very frequent to, to stop and, and give someone money, especially he's a dog lover. Mm-hmm. If they have you know, a dog there yeah. with them, um, he'll go buy them food. Um, and so I see that continuing in the next generation. But mm-hmm. But I would say that's something that I... Um, I knew he was fun and funny, mm-hmm. um, but the kindness piece has really struck me over yeah. the years. He's he's very brilliant, uh, had a had a great career in, in academia, mm-hmm. but I like to look sort of beyond what his resume says. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Now okay. You. Wow. You just out of the box. You were ready to go with that, Priscilla. So Jack I'm has a lot to live up to. We'll have to see how oh, smart I, you really I, are. Well, I can't live up to that. I can't live up to that. <laughs> I will start with the very first words I ever said to Priscilla, Mm -hmm. which we could talk about the context at another time. But I said to her, you have a beautiful smile. Mm. She has a beautiful smile that is um, a reflection of her whole persona. Mm -hmm. So she loves well, Mm -hmm. and she has a deep heart to encourage people around her. Mm -hmm. When she was administrating at SMU, she would spend the first few minutes, I would watch her. We have offices on the same floor Mm -hmm. and I would watch her with people who reported to her. Mm -hmm. She would be standing at the door for five to seven minutes at each one, asking them how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it it wasn't something she planned. It's just something she was. Mm -hmm. So she is a deeply encouraging woman with a radiant smile that goes from her deepest self out to other people. And she's an encouragement to everyone. That's one thing I'd say. Another thing I would say is she's a delight to work with. Mm -hmm. So we have written a book together. We have Mm -hmm. edited a book together. We led a a Lily Fellows summer seminar and edited that book together together. And now we're writing on a very interesting research project together. And I've said to people, um, if you listen to us, you'd think we're getting a divorce. (laughs) Because we just go at each other as we're thinking through research. And yet she does it. She holds her own. And she's not sensitive. Mm -hmm. She's able to be her whole self. Mm -hmm. And I would say she's that way in life as well. Mm -hmm. She is the genuine thing. She is not proud or boastful at all, Mm -hmm. but she's an incredibly competent administrator, scholar, Mm -hmm. teacher, who is a genuinely great person to Mm -hmm. work with, Mm -hmm. quite apart from living with. And she has a beautiful smile. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Well, you both did a pretty good job. I don't know, you know, the the figure skating judges would hold up a a high nines, you know, close to a 10. Um, Great work. Thank you. So nice to meet you two. Close to a 10. What do you mean close to a 10? What do you get a 10? Not, cl- not close to. <laughs> close to it. The The Romanian judge was a little bit. Uh, I was going to say the Russian judge <laughs> yeah, right, gave yeah. me a four. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if you could here, give us a little context. So 1981 is when we met. Jack, you're drawn to yes. Priscilla's smile. Priscilla drawn to his 
Christianity and intelligence, it sounds like right away. What, what context do we meet in? Well, I had seen, this is for me, I had seen Priscilla uh, walking in a long, not a camel hair coat, camel. in a camel hair oh, coat okay. with her wire rimmed glasses and her long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, that's a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, well, we were at Duke. We were at Duke. So this is University. in North Carolina in 1981. Yes. We're at North Carolina. She is a divinity student. Mm-hmm. I would find out. I was in my first year of PhD studies. Mm-hmm. And I noticed her walking in front of the beautiful Duke Chapel, mm-hmm. actually away from the Duke Chapel. And then I remember asking someone, sort of, who is that? Mm-hmm. Got a little background on her. And then I'm going to tell you a story. One morning, so it was February or late January, okay, and I was broke. It was around this time. Yeah. I was broke. And so I was going to interview to ticket cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Duke is extortion because they give far more uh, uh, passes mm-hmm. for parking than they have spaces. Mm-hmm. It's a mm-hmm. terrible, terrible, terrible job. Mm-hmm. But I went for this job, but before I did, I was having my quiet time. Mm-hmm. And I See, you were I was having my quiet time. Yes. And I <laughs> said to God, I know I shouldn't, I know I shouldn't ask mm. for this. It's like asking for a new bicycle, mm-hmm. but I would really like to meet that girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After my interview, there's a lecture with Beverly Gaventa, and I'm walking up the stairs to the lecture room, and on the landing, there stands Priscilla mm. with a mutual friend, Linda. Mm. Mm-hmm. And Linda says, Jack, I want you to meet Priscilla. Wow, wow. Philip Hope. And my first words, here I know that the prayer was answered. My first words out of my mouth were, you have a beautiful smile. There we go. And and who could resist that? Yes. Yeah, well, it it was wonderful. And then we sat together at the lecture. Okay. And then we had no phones or anything. So I went to the laundromat and I called where she was staying from the Mm. laundromat. And she wasn't there, but we ended up talking and we mm. went out on a date on Valentine's Day, 1981. Wow, perfect. So that was our and first date. A year later, on Valentine's Day in 1982, he asked me to marry him. Whoa. I did. Whoa. Then we were married six months later, uh, August of 1982. So this will be our 42nd anniversary. 40, 42 years together. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so so from meeting to engagement was a year, right? Um <laughs> You know, what was that like for you all to decide to get married, you know, after a relatively quick amount of time together? Well, I think that we were both um, already kind of set in what we were planning to do, Mm -hmm. even though that continued to evolve. Um, But we were both, you know, had graduated from college. Jack had his master's. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had felt called to ministry. So we were, in a sense... Even though we were younger, I was only 23, 22, 23 when we met, Mm -hmm. um, we were, in a sense, kind of already launched in what we wanted to do. And our biggest biggest, um, conversation that went on through much of that fall, so we met in the, you know, February, and then the fall was really whether Jack wanted to marry a minister. Mm. So, um, you know, he grew up and it wasn't even the fact that I was female, though he did grow up um, in the Church of Christ, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. um, 
doesn't ordain women. Sure. And so, and that was out of his... Didn't allow them to talk in (laughs) church. I mean, it's not just ordaining. Right. so I think, but but really it was more, did he want to um, marry a minister and have weekends, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, scheduled and all of that? Right. And I, th- I would say that was our, you really had to think for a while about that. Yeah, so we fell in love mm-hmm. in the spring of 1981. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she did an internship at a church in Indiana and I taught Greek at Wheaton College where okay. I'd gone. Mm-hmm in the summer. So we saw each other sort of every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, we knew we were in love and we really need to grapple, needed mm-hmm. to grapple with some issues. So she grew up United Methodist, far more mm-hmm. progressive yeah. and liberal than someone from the Christian church, Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. And she was a woman mm-hmm. and she was a minister. But the real issues, Priscilla's right, was did I want to give so much energy and time? I wanted to be a college professor. Yeah. Could I really spend my weekends Mm -hmm. being a minister's wife? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's ironic is that there were only two years where I was serving Mm -hmm. in a church before um, Jack got the opportunity to do a postdoc in St. Andrews at the Mm -hmm. University of St. Andrews in Mm -hmm. Scotland. And I applied to do a one-year master's while I was over there just to make use of the time Mm -hmm. and ended up getting um, uh, tuition and stipend to do a PhD. So Mm -hmm. She she said the bursar called her in and said, he was English, you must be very clever. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a very high Yes. England. I was never told I was very clever at Cambridge. <laughs> yes. But the point is, is that his worry ended up not being... Um, it didn't materialize. didn't materialize right. because after that, then our, our the hard part was trying to find two jobs, two academic jobs mm-hmm. together. Um, and that was a long, that was a long search, a lot right. of moving for each other. A lot of heartache. Yeah. 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 So this is a challenging thing for any couple, right? You know, the early parts of your careers, you're giving opportunities, you're trying to figure out who to choose for in some ways. Um, And for you all, it was like, we're in a very similar field, right? (laughs) You know, like um, doing very similar things. And, And how did we manage that? What was, what were some of the difficulties that we ran into in that process? Could, uh, we could talk about that for hours. Let's uh, uh, let's talk about that. I think that would be very helpful to younger couples. We did talk about that a lot at, at um, when we were on faculty at SPU mm-hmm. because um, you know people tended to meet like you and Laura. Sure. Um, you know, you're in a Christian right. college environment, right. and we ended up talking about that because that was that was a hard reality still. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess we kind of almost alternated moving for mm. one another um, until really, well, I, I guess we went to North Park together. Yeah, so let's let's take our very first step. So uh, we were in Scotland together and yeah. I was looking for teaching positions mm-hmm. and she was writing her dissertation. Mm-hmm. So I needed to find a place where she could write her dissertation mm-hmm. and this was pre-internet. Yeah. So you had to be near a library of some sort. Right. So I took a position at St. Paul's School of Theology, and the dean there said, there will be teaching for Priscilla. We will have something for Priscilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was in Kansas City. That's in right. Kansas City. And within the first month, the two young women on the faculty, I, I emphasize, mm-hmm. women on the faculty, mm-hmm. had us over to dinner. I remember specifically the wall was brick. 
We sat at the table. And they said to each other, oh, we have no need for a theologian here at St. Paul School of Theology. And that's what Priscilla was, practically right, theology. Right. So it was like, wow, so much for women church. Right, right. You know, so much for all this community of women gathering yeah. together and helping each other. They right. shut the door on Priscilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then two years later, I was offered a position at Fuller Seminary. Mm-hmm. And um, to counter that, the president at St. Paul promised me a few things, a mentor anywhere in the world, something else, and yeah. then that Priscilla would have a halftime benefit position in evangelism mm-hmm. if I stayed at St. Paul School of Theology. Mm-hmm. And I stayed. Yeah. And it never happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right off the bat, in our very first set of jobs, right. right. We learned the harsh reality mm-hmm. that, first of all, don't do anything if it's not in writing. <laughs> but basically, that people don't want a pair who might become like a voting block. Mm. Uh, we, we actually interviewed for a job in Michigan mm-hmm. to share it half and half. And we were pretty, pretty well suited to mm-hmm. it, sort of. Mm-hmm. We weren't, it wasn't Wesleyan. But uh, someone said to us, we, we were afraid you'd be a a voting block mm-hmm. and you'd always block mm-hmm. vote together. Yeah. So there's this, you know, from out the gate, yeah. the first month, you know, how many years ago was this? Uh, they there's made clear lot. how hard it is to right. hire a couple together, even when we were well-meaning. We didn't want to yeah. take over the place. We didn't want to be a voting block. There's a lot of territorialism. Right, you know. right. But that, um, you know, so we just to kind of make this shorter because that was it, emblematic of a was, long right. career. It was, right. it was painful. Um, and so that's why when we landed at SPU, we mm-hmm. were both um, full professors. Mm-hmm. We got tenure. Right. Well, and, we eventually got, well, one of us had a little more trouble getting tenure than the other, even sure. though I had had tenure okay. before <laughs> we both ended up with yes. tenure two-thirds time. Now, I guess I'm no, curious, no. like early on, as you're describing all these kind of external issues you ran into in the world of academia, how did this impact, you know, your, you know, relationship and the way that you, you know, It was really hard. This? Yeah. It was really yeah. Yeah. hard. Because Jack gave up tenure. We, we went from St. Paul School of Theology yeah. in Kansas City to North Park University mm-hmm. in uh, Chicago. Yeah. And then... He gave up tenure there to move with me to Duke, back to Duke, mm-hmm. where I was the first professor of evangelism. And that was a really hard move. Yeah. It was um, our, well, we had had a couple of miscarriages. And then our mm. our daughter was born in well, um, 92. Yeah. And, you know, that was still early for a man to be kind of the caretaker in right. a sense yeah. of, Children and so he would go to the pick up Chloe from mm-hmm. uh, preschool and go to the playground yeah. and very aware of the fact that there were no other men there. Right. Plus, he was trying to he was his own scholar mm-hmm. had had tenure at another university, yeah. given that up. Me, um, that uh, was add, hard. Add to that, you know. So we went to St. Paul and mm-hmm. got in St. Paul School and got totally screwed. Right. Then we went to North Park together. Mm-hmm. And then I got a von Humboldt Fellowship for mm-hmm. a year in Germany, mm-hmm. at which time I gave up tenure yeah. and moved to Duke and became the primary 
caregiver yeah. for Chloe, sort of. Right. And it was me and another guy and the moms. Yeah, right. And there was absolutely no support network yeah. for being a father, take, being the primary person taking care of uh, a child. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that was difficult. I ended up getting a job at Duke, uh, mm -hmm. which, again, blew up in our face. But... <laughs> uh, it was very hard because so in a, in Chicago in North Park, mm -hmm. I remember I was taking off a shirt one night yeah. and I had shaved and I got blood on the collar. Yeah, and instead of unbuttoning the shirt, I tore it off. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I knew at that time I needed to go talk to someone. Yes. So I, I went to a guy who was a counselor called Steve Martz, mm -hmm. uh, not a marriage, but a counselor yeah. called Steve Martz. Mm -hmm. And Steve had me begin to reflect mm -hmm. on my masculinity mm -hmm. because in the 1980s, I was reading a lot of feminism. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. doing feminist work. Mm -hmm. I was the spouse to a highly competent woman and yeah. a United Methodist minister. Right. And she was now the chaplain at North Park, yeah. first female chaplain. I realized I was losing some of my perceived mm -hmm. masculinity. Mm -hmm. So he had me read books like Iron John mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. other ones so that I could, I could still be a good spouse, but also yeah. claim my masculinity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was an important, not a paradigm shift for me, but that was an important moment for right. me to realize I can really be, I'm going to just put it this way. I can be a real guy. Yeah and still be in certain roles. But then that got really tested after Germany mm -hmm. when we went to Duke. And and again, Duke was hard because, mm -hmm. you know, here I I had I was on my third book now mm -hmm. in less than 10 years mm -hmm. and had gotten the Von Humboldt Fellowship yeah. and they put me in a small little cubicle downstairs mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. a phone. Yeah, right. And I was the one taking care of Chloe. So that yeah. really did get tested. And it was very, very hard right. for me to see myself as this masculine human yeah. uh, when um, when I wasn't doing much that was conceived of as masculine. Yeah, and, and I appreciate, right, you know, the kind of personal journey you went on with that. And I guess I'm curious, how how did that interface with your relationship? How did you experience that, Priscilla, as Jack was doing that work? So let's try to figure so this out. it was very hard <laughs> yes. because we had had um, probably a topic for another conversation. We had had three miscarriages yeah. and right. then, um, you know, so you're, that's not going mm -hmm. well. Right. And then on top of it, we're trying to negotiate, um, I think, two highly competent professionals mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and the job situation wasn't going well. Yeah. Um, and so there, um, there came a night we were at, we were in Durham, mm -hmm. um, and we both um, had jobs at Duke by this time. Mm -hmm. But I think yours, we knew yours wasn't uh, going to last. Yeah, I got a job but, and a new dean immediately uh, yeah. eliminated. Right. So I had five years, knowing that I wasn't going to be there beyond five years. Mm -hmm. So by this time, we'd been married fifteen years, mm -hmm. and. Um, Jack, it, this was a struggle. Um, and Jack, at one point, um, we had an argument yeah. and he um, packed up a suitcase. Mm -hmm. Ran away from home. And left. Yeah. And right. um, he was, I don't even remember how long you were gone, mm -hmm. but he came back. Mm -hmm. and she was in bed. I remember she was in bed crying. And we got up, put on a candle, mm -hmm. and I don't the candle. sat at um, 
a yellow formica table that had been in his uh, house growing up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the formica, yellow formica, and then a metal with the, with kind the of metal legs, right? And right. A metal yeah. yeah. 1950s for Micah. Mm-hmm. And we, because we reflect. That was our kitchen table. We reflect on this conversation um, a lot. It's in a, I took a, Jeremy, took, our son took a picture of it and it's oh, wow. in a book I wow. published. So we um, sat at that table um, <laughs> and we talked and talked. And argued. And talked and argued. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we came out of that was um, we there are two ways that we could go. Mm-hmm. We could we could separate at this point, mm-hmm. or we could um, stay together. And if we stayed together, there's no more talk. Not and not we hadn't really talked about it, but there's no talk of divorce mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. That one, if we stay together, this this is about 15 years this, into our marriage. This is it. Way. You know, right. this is it. Right. Um, and that was a. I mean. I think I'm sure every relationship has mm-hmm. a, a yellow table, has a, a yellow table right. discussion, um, and we've we've never looked back. Yeah. Um, something something happened that night mm-hmm. that um, we knew this was what we wanted. We mm-hmm. claimed it, and it's never been under discussion yeah. again. Yeah, um, and it's not that we we really don't we really don't fight. Um, there's sometimes we kind of, you know, mm-hmm. every so often you spark at each other or, sure. or something. But but that's so interesting because like, I think like you're saying. I was just going to make a joke. <laughs> so, so you, you know, like you're saying. I, I argue she crumbles, you know. Uh, yeah. just, oh, shrivel up when I get mad. It's not often. But like you're saying, every anyway. every marriage might have this yellow table, right? You know, this kind of Rubicon that we approach where we're like, all right, we have to decide now whether or not we're going to, you know, if this is if this is a real thing or not, are we actually gonna end this or are we gonna move forward? And if we move forward, can we kind of put a, put away conversation of the exit, you know, while we um, right. are doing That's that? Exactly. What we're doing. Totally. Yeah. Now, now. I, I, uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, also, say I was going to many, yeah, many couples have that conversation, but still bring up the exit route. You know, like that's still that's a very challenging thing as a therapist. I hear this a lot. We agreed to not bring this up. So, so there's there's a to a certain extent, both of you have had chosen at that point that you were not going to bring that conversation point up again, right, of divorce. What was that like? Was that ever challenging? Um, how did you do it? It's, it's, never, been, it's never been challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I'll let, obviously, Jack will have his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I, it, was, it was something that I just couldn't imagine we would do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't... The conversation was really significant, and maybe it was a stake in the ground for yeah. both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have never—it's never even crossed my mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I am terribly in love with him. Yeah, I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a conversation so for another day, too. Yeah. I want to go back to the yellow table mm-hmm. um, from 1986 until about 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were having this difficulty 15 mm-hmm. years after we got mm-hmm. married, the yellow table. It had been a very bumpy academic mm-hmm. career for right. us. A lot of lies we've been told. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, a lot of rule changes, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to do this for you. And then it doesn't happen. And it happened at each place, at each place with Mm -hmm. a vengeance, Mm -hmm. to be honest, Uh, Duke, especially with a vengeance. But so we were having this academic issue. Plus we'd had three miscarriages and Mm -hmm. finally had a daughter and that was good but I was dealing with the masculinity of yeah. being the guy at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first apartment in Durham was really a pit mm-hmm. where we lived. And it was like, ah, oh, depressing. Yeah. And yeah. on top of that, I'm just going to say this, we were using the diaphragm mm-hmm. in sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever used a diaphragm, there's nothing that cuts off your sexual <laughs> uh, momentum more than, mm-hmm. oh, let's stop and put the little, what's it called? The jelly. The little jelly around mm-hmm. the edge of the mm-hmm. diaphragm and stick it in your wife's vagina. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's just like really mm-hmm. awful. So I think it was a perfect storm mm-hmm. that we were, uh, for reasons that were biological to Priscilla, mm-hmm. she used the diaphragm rather than the pill because mm-hmm. the pill had been awful on right. her. Right. So we were using the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. We had a, a, a young child. Was Jeremy born yet? Uh, yes. Well, by the so, yellow table, yes. So we had two young kids. Yeah. So a, a rough academic career, mm-hmm. two young kids, right. and we were using the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. It was like the perfect storm mm-hmm. of needing to sit at a yellow table and say, is this what we want with life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we did. Mm-hmm. And we do. Yeah. But I think that's important to context that for right. people. Right. That it was sexual you know, it was academic, yeah. it was parental. Totally, totally. And this is why so often marriages in the first 10 years or so, you know, end in divorce, right? All of these stressors are fairly yeah. normal, right? Career issues, issues with fertility and, and getting pregnant, sexual dysfunction issues, all very normal, right? You know, for people in this time. And we ran into this and kind of made a decision to obviously stick together and and, and push through those things. And, and I guess I'm wondering, kind of, learning from those moments and, and seeing all of them kind of come together in a, in a challenging way, how did you grow and kind of get, get better or respond um, in an adaptive way to those stressors? How did we grow? Well, the kids grew up mm-hmm. a little helps, bit. Right? Easier to raise, mm-hmm. but easier, I mean, you know, less sort of constant right. uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. And when they're young, mm-hmm. we we moved from Duke, mm-hmm. and kindly, uh, when the dean eliminated my position, it was never an issue for Priscilla mm-hmm. that she would leave. Yeah, a lot of people would say, "I can't leave Duke. Duke's Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke's Duke. Mm-hmm. Duke. You know, it's all Duke. Yeah. Duke." But it was it was a yeah. school. It was a, it was a job, mm-hmm. and she so kindly never ever never thought twice that she would move with me. Mm -hmm. And we ended up in a a fairly healing place, Mm -hmm. Seattle Pacific University, Mm -hmm. um, where we had a great teaching ministry. We were able to write, raise the kids, had Mm -hmm. good colleagues. Mm -hmm. So we moved Mm -hmm. from the toxic environment that was Duke. Mm -hmm. uh, And I credit that Priscilla. We, uh, the kids grew up a bit. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, in Seattle, we did become more sexual. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, why? Because Bozo here got his vasectomy. Ah, there you <laughs> um, go. And so, you know, that, that helped. I mean, you don't right. need the diaphragm anymore. Birth control and can so, be a, a big part of that. Right? 
Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, it was I, great. So. I also think that we both realized, um, which is why it was, it never crossed my mind mm -hmm. to stay at Duke, um, that the marriage was what was most important. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you've heard us say again and again that our professions are very important to us. Right. It's not just being an academic, but it's being called to this work by God. Mm -hmm. And so you yeah. feel like this line, you know, right. Jack's felt called to teaching since age 16 when he went forward at Christian camp, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I felt called to the ministry, yeah. which now was a teaching ministry. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I think you asked what changed. I think the realization, at least for me, mm -hmm. um, came to the fore that this marriage, this relationship yeah. was more important to me than anything. Yeah. And um, that's something I've never wavered. And I think I that was always there, but um, I wasn't going to let a job situation mm -hmm. sabotage our relationship. Yeah. Um, so it that's, even I think... What? It didn't even dawn on her. Mm -hmm. It didn't even dawn on her that she should stay. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to. I, I mean, I you mean, know, he was. Why would I stay and yeah. watch him be so, yeah, un, uh, you know, uh, disappointed right. and hurt and angry every day right. when I knew it just. It, it, I, she, you could have said, find a job in the area, mm -hmm. find a job at you High did Point. Look. You did. I look. looked some, and there was nothing there, yeah. but. She could have said, what about a change in career? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I get tuition benefit. Why don't you go to law school? Sure, Why don't you do right. MBA? Yeah. I, I, what, 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 I don't know how to emphasize this enough, Trevor. What she was to me mm -hmm. was someone for whom it was unquestionable mm -hmm. that I was her priority. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would have said, I can't leave Duke. Yeah, right. Right. You know, how could I leave that prestige? Mm -hmm. How could I leave blah, blah, blah? Right. And she didn't think twice. She loved yeah. me that, yeah. that, that not, not even that much mm -hmm. in that way mm -hmm. that she would not, I can have both love for Jack and uh, my job right. at a prestigious university. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's extraordinary, right? You know, like you described the stressors that we were facing that led to the yellow table. And in a, in a relatively short order, we addressed all of them, you know, in a, in a very helpful, healthy way, while also not kind of compromising too much, right? You know, our careers and our calling. And, and, you know, that's a, a wonderful thing for people to identify that, you know, we, we often feel trapped or stuck, but the things can change, right? The, we can be imaginative, we can be open to new ideas or new things that can enter our relationship in life. And that's what you did. Now, I think I sorry. also will say through the years, um, I have really learned to appreciate Jack's sense of humor. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. a big difference between the two of us personality-wise. Mm. Um, I'm He tells me I'm Midwest cautious. Yeah. Because um, she is know. Midwest cautious. I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> so he's, I mean, I don't um, tell her that. Yeah. She is. He's half Italian <laughs> from New York. And mm -hmm. so, you know, our personalities are naturally right. uh, very different. Yes, and, yes. Uh, Jack loves to laugh, mm -hmm. and that's not something that comes naturally to me. Right. Um, but I think over the years, and I, 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 I also knew at that point that we needed to have more time for laughter, more yeah. time for fun. Mm -hmm. um, that that side of Jack 
needed to be encouraged that my personality in a sense didn't mean to, but was, was having more of an impact on our yeah. life as you try to keep all of these areas that we've just been talking about right. um, really good at organization. And mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. was kind of my, my mantra yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it's been, you know, I've become, I laugh more easily. Um, I appreciate for the mm-hmm. most part, part Jack's jokes Though mm-hmm. even the kids go, oh, dad, yeah. <laughs> they're good jokes. They're yes. just, you know, they're, they're good jokes. It's always the audience believe. that's the, yeah. you know. It's the audience. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're good jokes. So I do want to say here, too, in terms of, yeah, you know, I, of course, you know, they've done the survey of what guys want. And even more than sex, guys want someone to laugh at the jokes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that like, like I, I heard this on the radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I know true. it's true <laughs> that we want to be laughed at more than we want to have good sex. Yeah. So. Uh, but it, it, there, an, another thing that comes into this is Priscilla's personality when she talks about being an organizer. When we first got married back in Bowling Green, Ohio, it was like our second year of marriage. Saturday, she'd try to take the day off and we'd sit in bed and she would make a laundry list of what we were going to do that day. <laughs> that was her nature yes, to yes. organize the day ahead of it. Right. And I, I found myself week after week become increasingly agitated. And yeah. I finally realized I don't want her to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had a really good talk about yeah. that. And she tried to stop because it was making me so agitated. Mm-hmm. I, I recently last uh, year started with another, with a counselor. Yeah. I, I, I recognize that Priscilla will often say in the morning, mm-hmm. we need to. Right. And I, I said to her and she responded so beautifully. I said, you know, um, when you say we need to, my stomach, my stomach tightens right up. Yeah. Um, because she's a planner. Right. She is already thinking She's a, mm-hmm. she would be a great chess player. She's yeah. three or four steps ahead. Now I just figure out another way to say yeah. it rather she than finds yeah, another to. way to yeah. say it. Yeah. Me too. It but might it be important really if we or, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder if maybe yeah. we. Yeah, she finds other ways. That's and good. my stomach doesn't tighten up. There we go. You know, when I'm planning out my next the right. day or my hours, like mm-hmm. I love writing without mm-hmm. a border. Yeah. I love writing until the writing is done. Right. Uh, it gives me great joy. Um, but that was another difference in personality, mm-hmm. which I know fit into everything. It makes her an exquisite administrator. Yes. I, yes. I've never seen an administrator like her. Right. With the compassion, the empathy, the organization, mm-hmm. the intellect. Mm-hmm. But when you're married to that kind of person mm-hmm. and you tend not to be that way, right. except with my research and teaching. Mm-hmm. It, it was hard and she's she and I have both both I think come mm-hmm. to a middle ground on that yeah yeah now now I'm curious faith has been a clear through line right in our relationship right you know Priscilla you're saying he's the first Christian you've been with you know and yeah. and you know, both of us feeling a calling when it comes to our careers now a lot of folks might think about you know or have ideas about what a like faith-based relationship or marriage might look like I'm curious if you can just speak individually for y'all like how do you experience faith in forming your marriage? What What's the significance that it has for you? It's honestly at the heart of everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how to separate it out because mm-hmm. the longer we're together, mm-hmm. the more that's become fused at the very core of who we are. Yeah. So an example um Three years ago, uh, yeah, Jack... I was going to give this example. 
Jack. No, yeah. um, no I was going to give it because it's a good one. So there is a program at oh. SMU, mm -hmm. the undergraduate part. We're associated with the seminary, but mm -hmm. the undergraduate um, has a faculty living in each of the 11 residential mm -hmm. commons. Mm -hmm. So um, it's called a faculty in residence. And Jack was teaching a cadre of undergraduate students. We'd never heard of this before. And they said, you would make a good to him, faculty in residence, which they shorthand, they call it a FIR, mm -hmm. F-I-R, mm -hmm. faculty in residence. Yeah. And the more he found out about it, the more excited he got. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, My Midwestern cautious he, wife. He, we began to talk about yeah. what it would look like mm -hmm. in our 60s to move into an undergraduate dorm mm -hmm. and live there 24-7. Well, again, considering our personalities, Jack was gung-ho for this. This was like, I'm ready to do this tomorrow. Yeah. And I jump into I, a pool and then say, wow, this is more cold than I thought. <laughs> I want to get it. Uh, Priscilla puts her toe in it. She's yeah. right. She puts I, her toe in the pool. We have a little cottage where we are now yeah. in East Texas um, that looks out on a little six-acre lake. And I knew that I had to come. He... This is maybe how we've changed. Um, he, I knew he wanted to do it, mm -hmm. but I also knew that if I said no, it wouldn't come back at me. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was giving me the freedom to say yes or no, and maybe that's how we've evolved through the yellow mm -hmm. table and mm -hmm. so forth. Mm -hmm. So I, um, it was a beautiful Saturday, um, and I spent hours um, in prayer mm -hmm. and listening, mm -hmm. uh, because I knew this was a substantial move, yeah. mm -hmm. um, for us yeah. at any age, really, but even right. at, you know, especially in our sixties. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to do it and then realize this was not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that in those hours of silence and listening, it became very clear to me that this was what God wanted yeah. from us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always happen in my life, mm -hmm. um, but it happened that day. Yeah. And so we both had a very clear conscience, um, mm -hmm. a very clear directive, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, he was selected mm -hmm. and in July of 2021, is that right? We moved into the dorm. We sold our townhouse okay. in Dallas and we moved into the dorm. Wow. And it's not, um, there's been some real struggles, yeah. not so much from us, but with some administrative things and so forth. So it's it's not like it's been, um, the ministry with students is amazing. Yeah. Um, we would not uh, trade that for anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this would be this is our third academic year mm -hmm. in the dorm, and we've been uh, Jack's been renewed for longer, so we'll probably yeah you know be wow. in it for a little bit. Um, but that's an example right. of um, the centrality of our faith mm -hmm. because this is an extension of our ministry. So right. um, you know, living living in a dorm twenty four seven is it requires a leap of faith. Yeah. And right. um, just just this morning, uh, we have people who are praying for us. Like, I mean, it is the mission field. Mm -hmm. We have prayer partners who pray for us. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote a letter to them this morning with kind of the update. And this is what you can pray for us yeah. this semester. Um, but that's really, um, that's because of our faith. Mm -hmm. um, we mm -hmm. would not be living in the dorm right. uh, for any other reason. Mm -hmm. 
What would you say? Well, you know, um, that was the example, I think, that's yeah. probably the best example. Totally. But we we pray together generally each morning. Mm-hmm. You listen to Pray As You Go, know, mm-hmm. the Jesuit mm-hmm. online thing, and we'll sometimes pray out loud mm-hmm. together, sometimes quietly together. Yeah. So we usually start our day in right. some sort of prayer. Um, and what I would say is something that's really been important to us and is this. We really like to occupy the liminal space mm-hmm. between faith and unfaith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what God has given us mm-hmm. in a residential commons at SMU. Mm-hmm. These are secular students on the whole. Mm-hmm. And so we do a thing called lattes in Lent. Mm-hmm. We did it also in the fall where we invite students of faith, no faith, mm-hmm. any faith, yeah. to join in our apartment, have something warm to drink, some snack, mm-hmm. and then have an honest conversation about something. Mm-hmm. It's related to God. Yeah. It's related to yeah. God. Right. But it often ends up they talk about their family or right. their father right. or their mother or their siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, we love, in terms of our mm-hmm. faith, um, I get a little... I, I get a little pissed that so many Christians mm-hmm. don't know how to be with people who are unlike them mm-hmm. in faith, mm-hmm. either of another faith right. or no faith. And right. it's awkward. And I wouldn't want to talk to them about my faith. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I'm married to the woman, to the person who's probably the most, uh, the best academic on evangelism in the world. Mm-hmm. Her books used everywhere, Germany, Argentina, mm-hmm. or wherever it is in South America mm-hmm. and all around North America at mm-hmm. major seminaries. And she and I have a shared commitment to mm-hmm. staying in the gap yeah. between faith and unfaith. Right. And that is not an easy place to be. You look yeah. at the evangelicals, how many more books you could sell if you were in the evangelical fold, yeah. um, that kind of thing. But we really love being here. Yeah, yeah. And, and it seems and obviously like... Um, prayer as, you know, a shared discipline has been a significant part of your relationship of having, you know, an intimate connection together too, you know, and, and that's a very meaningful thing that's unique to uh, couples of faith in a way, right, you know, um, and, and, and ha- however, you know, whatever that expression looks like, right, you know, and, and um, seems like it's been a commitment or discipline that you've maintained throughout your relationship. Absolutely. Has it yeah. ever happened yeah. that either of you felt like you were being compelled by God to go in different directions? Um, no. I mean, for instance, when I mm-hmm. gave up the job at North Park and then we were in Germany for the year right. um, in, in Tübingen, and she was invited to Duke mm-hmm. even before we got to Germany. Mm-hmm. We signed, she signed a letter right before we left. I believe that was the right move. Mm-hmm. It was an extremely painful move. Yeah. And it became even more painful once I got a job right. and then they, they, they got away. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. I don't think so. I don't think, I, I, Trevor, I believe in her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so much yeah. that, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, the, the SMU position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2015. Right. Well, that was a position for me. Mm-hmm. We were at SPU yeah. for about 15 years. Mm-hmm. 
And this position came up. It's an endowed chair. There's research funds. Yeah. It's at a major university mm -hmm. with a major library. And it was good pay yeah. relative to what we were earning. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I would have made more than we earned together at SP. Mm -hmm. And the question was, could I go? Mm -hmm without something for her. So she was going to stay at SPU for a while, but the first day of teaching here, the dean offered her a position mm -hmm. in administration. So right. everything got kind of tumbled up. Yeah. I, I would say that that was hard. Right. It's always hard when one of us gets the position right. and I don't recommend it. Right. <laughs> I think it's better not right. to fly as high, fly a little lower to the ground, mm -hmm. but together than to try to fly high. Mm -hmm. This was a unique position for me. Right. And I made clear to the dean, um, whom I trusted, mm -hmm. that I could not do it without anything for Priscilla. Mm -hmm. And he came through with, yeah. a, with a good job, not a not her ideal job, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. a good job. Yeah. So, no, I don't think we've ever been pulled away yeah. from the other occasionally. I will say, though, that we are, um, you know, we're not too far away from retirement Um and it'll be interesting because this will mm -hmm. now be another test, right. not a test, another time of discernment of what God would have for yeah. us yeah. in, you know, without full-time teaching mm -hmm. or the work that I'm doing. Um, and so I've wondered, you know, what that's going to be. Yeah. Will we be called similarly or, right. uh, you know, and that's a big question mark. So that's something that that we're facing mm -hmm. Uh, that a lot of, most of the people our age are already retired, right. it seems like. Um, and well, they're probably yeah, not so living in dorms be, either, right? You know, that's yeah, quite, that's, true. that's impressive. That's true. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, is how do you stay, how do you stay active? No, not active. How do you stay, um, uh, what's the word I want? Supple? Man. Well, Ready to respond to yeah. God's um, initiatives because mm -hmm. I don't think they end when you retire, right. and we just don't know yet what right. those what that call might mm -hmm. look like. Totally. Um, so, yeah, will if you want to have us on again and yeah, part two, five, ten years. Yes. Uh, well, sooner than ten years, we'll we'll let you know what what our yeah. decision was. Well, something that really uh, you know jumps off the page when talking to y'all is like obviously faith is super important to both of you individually, um, faith in in God and your higher power. However, faith in each other, right, is a real strong component of your relationship too, right? You have a, a great belief in each other and each other's careers. You've both prioritized that, you know, throughout your life. And, and that's a, that's an inspiring thing. Not, not a thing that's easy to do, right? Like you're, you, you're detailing all the challenges that go into that. Um, now, as we've as, been together over 40 years and I trust her mm -hmm. implicit, mm -hmm. implicitly. Yeah. Yeah. I do think um, you're right that that um, respect, trust, mm -hmm. faith in the other is as important um, or it's certainly up there mm -hmm. with the, the, the love, the, the passion that that you feel for the other person. Yeah. Um, if I didn't trust him, respect him, mm -hmm. you know, or believe that he has my best interest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at heart, um, then we'd be having a very different kind of conversation. Right. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, each of these stories, you know, has a title. Um, each of these episodes has a title. So I'm curious, what would you title? What do you want to title your story? What would you call it? You're the one who's good with titles. 
something with the yellow table. I like the yellow table. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, picture that, that our son took um, in this, this book that he, that he did the photos for, this mm-hmm. devotional book that Jack wrote, um, they set it in a field of bluebells. Oh, uh, blue Sorry, the Texas Texans won't let you call it a bluebell. Yeah. <laughs> um, they put a, a silver candelabra on it with um, candles in it. And wow. it's just this beautiful image of where a very hard conversation right. took place. And yet the setting um, speaks to the beauty that came yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, yellow table. Yeah. Um, the yellow table is provocative. It's interesting. It gets you you know, wondering what happened at the yellow table. And that's been yeah. part of your relationship. I, I think what, you know, I, things are now, of course, now we're probably done or almost done and things are just flooding into me the night Priscilla had her first miscarriage mm-hmm. and how bittersweet it was. Mm-hmm. And the table, the yellow table was bittersweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was bitter. It was, yeah. it was difficult in our mouths. Yeah. And yet it came out so sweetly. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't add that I was having massively horrible migraines mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. I should have added that. Yeah. I mean, that was health has a lot to do with yeah. what you're experiencing right. in a marriage. Right. I mean, I had migraines for 30 plus years mm-hmm. and they just had it. I was thinking we could only move into the dorm because I had some surgery and they stopped. Mm-hmm. But um Bittersweet is a really important say, part that, of marriage. Maybe that's the title, the, the bittersweet night at the yellow table or, or something, something like, I like that. Something I like, like that. Okay. It's gonna, I, I think, yeah, I, I'm sorry. It, it's going to be also very fitting that this episode's likely to come out on Valentine's Day, and Valentine's Day has been such a, a, a um, pivotal part of your relationship. Yeah. Well, now our, our son, day. our son was born on February thirteenth. Oh, so, nice! Uh, we yes, we would yeah. much rather celebrate. Well, not much rather, but we tend to celebrate him yes. as opposed to. Valentine's and day. this Valentine's Day, Priscilla gets to go out with a bunch of guys because she's on a search committee. Oh, isn't nice. that? That's I'm not exciting. bitter about that. <laughs> I'm not bitter. <laughs> it's bit, it's bittersweet, you know. Yeah, there's no sweet. There's no sweet. What <laughs> sweet? She's out with guys at a at a you know at a search committee meeting. Yeah. Nah, nothing nice. sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Um, I I so appreciate your uh, your presence and and uh, the message you have here. And um, and excited to follow up when we uh, when we retire. That sounds like a fun episode. Yeah. Well, thank you. Now I'm going to be worrying about everything that we said, but um, I'm going to be worrying about everything that she said. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll make some sense to uh, your listeners. Yes. It's, it's really been an honor to be on the show. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Where goes the time? Thank you for listening to today's episode of Marriage Stories. As always, I am your host, Trevor White. Production of this episode was done by Gabe Martinez. Music provided by OK Carol. Our website, where you can find all of our episodes and sign up to receive new episodes direct to your inbox, is launchtoland.com. Once again, that's launchtoland.com. Feel free to follow along on all of our social media channels at Launch to Land, as well as our YouTube channel. 
Starting your own marriage story? Head over to launchtoland.com and check out our premarital counseling video series with host and licensed marriage and family therapist, Trevor White. This comprehensive series will prepare you to take off in the marriage you want. Listeners can use a special promo code PROLOG to get 15% off your first purchase. Once again, that is promo code PROLOG to get 15% off your first purchase. Enjoying marriage stories? Please subscribe, like, share, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review. And as always, be sure to join us next week as we take another marriage story off the shelf.